Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing, O Lord, in your sight. Amen. Mama, come quick. Quickly, faster. Mom, come, come here. This line, or something similar to it, is shouted in my home at least a half a dozen times a day. This is why I'm late for everything. In the middle of cooking, shut off the burner. In the middle of reading a Bible commentary for Sunday's sermon, just dog ear the page. Uh, in the middle of brushing your teeth, walk and brush, sister, just walk and brush. Mama, come look quick, you're going to miss it. I can't be upset about these moments. Of course, I fully and knowingly cultivated them. Come look. The sky is beautiful, Mama. Come look. The clouds are orange on the bottom and purple on the top. Mama, come quick. Look. A praying mantis has stopped for a rest along the side of our front steps. Let's watch and listen and see if she tells us her name. Mama, hurry, look. There's a raccoon rolling around in the snow on the back deck. Uh -huh. Great. Mama, watch. I can do the splits. Mama, come see. I can play this song on the clarinet. Mama, our Christmas cactus from the church ladies has new buds on it. Mama, come quick. Come look. Isn't it amazing? I know that individuals and families have unspoken priorities and values, like perseverance or hard work, loyalty, sharing. If I had to name one of the values that I intentionally practice and instilled in my own children, it is awe, being amazed, sort of at everything, at the squirrel digging in the garden bed to hide nuts for the winter, at the warm, sunny spot on the floor where the cat curls up for a nap, at the flock of geese that just flew overhead in a lopsided V-shape. That interrupted a speech I was giving to my children on the way to a Tempest for Us concert uh, not too long ago. The way light shimmers on the surface of the lake and the way snow clings to the bare branches of a tree, which all sounds very romantic but it is terribly time-consuming. Good thing efficiency and speed are not among our family's values. Sorry. I take full credit for influencing my children in this way, which means I can't get frustrated when I'm interrupted a dozen times a day. In truth, I do it too. According to my mother, my first word was, wow. I think I've been saying it ever since. I love to wonder and marvel at tiny things and mundane things, at the shape and sound and taste of words. And I get an absolute thrill at things that make me feel small, like looking out over a large body of water or up the side of a mountain or my favorite, the heavy brooding skies in Scotland. I love when nature makes me feel small, like it could crush me. Sort of puts me in my place, I guess. Naturally, I am biased. I believe that all of this is God, or rather, that 
God's hand and God's presence is in all of these things and is the author of the wonder and amazement that overloads my senses. Please pardon my language, seriously, please pardon my language, but I want to quote directly uh, from Alice Walker's masterpiece, The Color Purple. Some of you might already know what I'm about to quote, but just speaking of awe, I had to share this one. The character Shug says to her friend, close your ears, I think it pisses God off, sorry, if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. People think pleasing God is all God cares about, but any fool living in the world can see it always trying to please us back. After reading the book Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer, I will never look at the color purple and yellow together the same again. Goldenrod and aster flowering together. It draws in the bees, the pollinators. God is magnificent, and I am utterly in awe every single day. All right, preacher, get to the point. This all seems rather silly. This is a Presbyterian congregation. This is trite. This is an inefficient use of our time this morning. You sure about that? You sure about that? Look again at our stories in Luke's gospel. Wonder and awe and amazement litter them all. Zechariah was amazed. Mary was in awe. The crowds, the shepherds, Anna and Simeon, all of these characters throughout the first couple of chapters of Luke are filled with wonder and amazement at what was coming to pass in their midst. So prevalent is this undercurrent of awe that the poets, prophets, and preachers at a sanctified art, these folk right here, felt that for Advent 3, the question, how does a weary world rejoice, must be answered with, we allow ourselves to be amazed. We allow ourselves. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I wonder why it's worded that way. I have a hunch, of course. I suspect it's because wonder and amazement are so often aligned with childishness and immaturity. And so they are discarded for the more worldly virtu virtues like knowledge and certainty. Childlike wonder is cute on a child, but will elicit eye rolls when manifested in an adult. I know, I elicit them all the time. Adults don't wonder, we know. Adults don't wonder, we cling to certainty. Why? Because we do not wish to be perceived as childish or silly or stupid. My daughters were too old when this cartoon came out, but there's a popular children's program out right now called Bluey. Yeah, yeah, some people know. Compliments to the Wardles for putting me onto the show. It's brilliant, I recommend it. Uh, 
it's a little blue dog, it's fine. Don't worry about it. There is an episode in season three called Born Yesterday, wherein the father character is invited by the kids to pretend like he was, as the title intimates, born yesterday, thus rendering everything around him as new and exciting. It's hilarious. The children are new to him. The fact that they can speak, that they have names. Can I have a name too? All new. The strawberry they offer him, you put it in your mouth, you eat it. I do what? Everything was brand new. The bar stool in the kitchen, will it talk to me? Does it get a name? Am I supposed to eat it? New, new, new and exciting. The dad plays it well and I love it. It reminds me also of the 1969 Christmas uh, classic TV special, Frosty the Snowman. I trust some of you have watched it already this season. He gets stopped by a police officer for almost jaywalking, typical snowman behavior, and answers honestly when asked if he didn't see the traffic light. What's a traffic light? On the lamppost. What's a lamppost? You'll have to excuse him, sir, little Karen says. He just came to life, so he doesn't know much about such things. It's all silly and fun when it's an animated pile of snow. But apparently, this kind of behavior is less acceptable in adults. And sometimes I think that's too bad. At the Oakville Ministerial Meeting this past week, Fran, one of my colleagues, the rector at St. Aidan's Anglican Church, made a comment that has stuck with me. She said, I like to stay curious instead of furious. I like to stay curious instead of furious. Wow. I've worked hard to cultivate a spirit of openness and curiosity. Sometimes I get it right, sometimes I do not. I try to cultivate curiosity instead of judgment and condemnation. But that little turn of phrase really hit me. In today's story, there were countless opportunities for anger and judgment and condemnation and malice. Countless reasons for those feelings to be front of mind for the characters and their onlookers. An elderly couple getting pregnant. That's not supposed to be able to happen. How irresponsible. A priest suddenly gone mute? Unheard of. Is he just shirking his responsibilities? Oh, and now they're breaking custom by not naming their kid in traditional naming patterns. This is all too much. I know people who would have gotten quite irate at all this nonsense. But they weren't angry. Somewhere along the lines of this wildly impossible pregnancy and Zach's freak mutism, their relatives and neighbors had chosen to stay curious instead of furious, to allow themselves to be amazed. All of this is coming out of left field. And when things are uncertain and unpredictable and abnormal, most people will grow scared, closed off, and dig in their heels. They'll grasp for control through anger or denial or blame. This is the birthplace of worst-case scenarios and assumptions. Because it feels risky to stay open and in awe, to wonder to stay curious 
instead of letting ourselves lean in to becoming furious. After Elizabeth gives birth, her neighbors and family celebrate with her. They're likely relieved for the safe arrival of this wee boy, and they are grateful to God that Elizabeth survived delivery. This is a miracle still. However, there does appear to have been a pause in the praise when the name of the child did not align with the traditions of the day. Failing to believe Elizabeth, because I guess we haven't trusted women for a while now, the crowd gathered, motioned for Zechariah, and asked him to name the child. Then they were doubly surprised that his selection was the same as his wife's. In this moment, the crowd was amazed. Zechariah was freed to speak, and praise was the order of the day. When we choose to stay curious instead of furious, our voices are primed to give praise and gratitude to God. Everyone, Luke writes, is filled with awe. And so, church, I ask you, how often do you allow yourself to be amazed? Here is what has come from this series and this season and this story. A reminder for some and a discovery for others that awe and amazement and wonder, far from being childish, these feelings are a precursor to joy, a powerful precursor. Joy simply can't be coerced out of us. If joy feels out of reach for us, we first can allow ourselves to notice and take in the amazing wonders around us each day. Wonders we can too easily ignore, like the swirl of silky white creamer in your morning coffee, the carefully crafted bird's nest in your favorite tree, the doe-like steps of a toddler as they discover the confidence to walk, the dappling beams of sunlight refracting through your window. Allowing ourselves to be amazed requires a posture of paying attention and then saying yes to wonder when it washes over us. Mary Oliver is one of my favorite poets of the last century, and one of her best, most succinct quotes says, instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. That's it. Instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, and tell about it. I think she was inspired by swaths of Luke's gospel. How does a weary world rejoice? We allow ourselves, we give ourselves permission to be amazed. This past week, I've had the privilege of attending a number of church and social events. Tis the season, I suppose. And when I allow myself to remember the fear and isolation of the pandemic and the last mm, five years of my life, but specifically the pandemic when we couldn't gather, when we couldn't sing, we couldn't laugh together, we couldn't hug, we couldn't hold each other. When I allow myself to remember those times, I stand in awe of the simple beauty now 
of clinking my glass with friends around the table or cheer alongside a room of proud parents at the school musical or break bread with people at dinner church a firm handshake or the ability to visit a friend in the hospital when I consider those simple blessings I could just cry and sometimes I do their tears of gratitude I will never ever ever take it for granted and I will continue to stand in awe and wonder and amazement at these simple beautiful things I'm convinced that he was on to something when Joseph Campbell said awe is what enables us to move forward I have experienced that awe recently and I know some of you have too you've shared it with me and we're starting to feel the edge of healing aren't we our world is weary you and I are both weary and for very good reason and we're not really out of it yet but weariness doesn't get the last word because in the spirit we are invited to embrace awe to give ourselves permission to wonder and to make the choice to choose to be curious instead of furious and the gift we receive in turn is joy peace hope joy and love as I have with the previous Advent messages I'd like to end with the Reverend Sarah Speed's poem for this week I invite you to reflect on that in your own time and my prayer for you church is that this week you would give yourself permission that you would allow yourself to be amazed and hopefully the gift in return for that will be joy let's hear the prayer the poem that's like a prayer she writes we could play hard and fast not let anything touch us at all keep composure have all the answers or we could crack ourselves open and let everything in we could feel everything every touch every marvel we could stand gaping at the beauty of the world mouths wide open because sometimes a mouth wide open is the very best gratitude we could laugh so loudly that the whole restaurant looks and air on the side of goofy whenever possible we could put our defenses down we could grow soft we could choose awe we could take her by the arm and we could let her lead us all the way to joy to God be all the glory amen <laughs>